This is a WKYT podcast. Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, we'll be hearing from the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce on how businesses are handling the pandemic and plotting their way back when it's all over. Also, we'll be speaking with U.S. Housing Secretary Ben Carson about an initiative that touches Lexington. But first, COVID-19 is, as you know, a worldwide pandemic. The United Nations is doing what it can to coordinate the response among its partners and the World Health Organization. The UN donated 250,000 ma masks to uh, some in New York City, the epicenter of the problem here in the U.S. And the UN predicts the economic fallout worldwide will be huge and its impact felt in every country. Serving as UN ambassador at this historic time is Kentuckian Kelly Knightcraft, who joins us by Skype. Ambassador, thank you very much uh, for talking with us. You know, we all thought the world had challenges two months ago, and, and now this. Uh, has this situation, in your view, brought the world closer together and therefore exposed the importance of uh, the United Nations in, in trying to help coordinate a worldwide response to a pandemic? You know, I think I can answer that in, in two, different, two different responses. First of all, you know, as the president said, um, we are all in this together, and President Trump has really brought us together in the United States as one big family. And without his leadership, uh, the U.S. would not be as prepared and better equipped to mitigate this virus. As far as the, the United Nations, what's important within the U.N. Security Council is that we are maintaining our daily schedule. I just came off of a, of a meeting about Afghanistan and the importance of continuing the peacekeeping troops there and also yesterday we just had our meeting on Syria and the importance with the refugees and that's why with the Secretary General calling for the ceasefire a global ceasefire it's really important because the areas that are most affected are the areas of conflict as far as this is how this disease if you remember from World War One that's how the Spanish flu really was able to spread because the areas of conflict are areas that we can't have kind of get health workers in there to be able to help the people. There's disease as it is, but this is actually going to really take its toll. So we are pleading with the global uh, community for a uh, ceasefire and every day, you know, we are talking as a council, at, at, we start at 10 and then we break at one and then like today they'll be back on at three, just depending on what reoccurring mandate there is right. on the schedule. I understand the arm of the UN is also calling for a $2.5 trillion economic aid package for these developing countries. Uh, the world feels this, but those countries that have do not have the resources of a country like the United States uh, are apparently really going to have a challenge here. You know, you're right, and that's where we are very fortunate that we have the World Bank and the IMF engaged, and uh, both are understanding the needs uh, the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, makes that, you know, is, is very transparent and is one of the most accountable individuals as far as making certain that whether he's speaking with, with the UN Security Council and asking for additional aid, which again would require a meeting and a vote, or if he's speaking with uh, the World Bank or the IMF, everyone understands the needs. And what we're trying to do is to mitigate uh, 
the ceasefire situation because we can have all the aid, but if we don't have a ceasefire, we can't get in to actually help the people. And we've got areas of critical um, situations now with refugees, whether it's Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Libya. I mean, we have some real areas in conflict that we've got to focus on. And we mustn't forget Venezuela and all of the refugees going into Latin America at the moment and also the Pacific Islands. So basically, we have a real global issue here with, with making certain that we try to mitigate this virus. Uh, tell us about a donation to New York City. I know that, uh, that of course, is the world headquarters of, of the UN, and there were some masks that you were able to, uh, to get to New York. Well, I have to give all the credit to the Secretary General because he called uh, early last week, and with the renovations within the United Nations Secretariat, we discovered that, that there were 250,000 surgical medical grade masks, and uh, we were able to facilitate, you know, expedite this with our legal team at the USUN, with the mayor's office, with the governor's office, in order to facilitate the mask being put into the hospitals that were in the most need. And as you well know, the president has, has reacted very quickly to Governor Cuomo's request. Uh, we just had, saw a field hospital being constructed, I think within three days in Central Park. Um, we just saw the, um, the new uh, field hospital, not the field hospital, but the new ship come in, which will be taking care of people that are non-COVID-19 patients. Because you know, heart attacks and other issues don't stop because of this virus. So we have to really keep in mind there are people, you know, women having babies, there are, are children that are ill, there are people suffering other ailments that cancer or whatever that they need to continue on with their treatment. So the president has reacted very quickly, uh, very smartly, and been working together with all of the governors in every state. Ambassador, could you imagine uh, serving at a historic time like this as, uh, as the UN ambassador at a time when without any question uh, the world needs to come together like it uh, maybe you know never has in our lifetime certainly. You know that that's a, an excellent point and what I can't imagine is serving at, at a time such as this as the US UN ambassador representing the Trump administration. I can't imagine representing any other administration than an individual where the, the president has put together an incredible task force led by the vice president and Dr. Deborah Burks and Dr. Fauci. I mean, it's an incredible group of people that have are all have different expertise, as you well know, and that have come together. The president listens to them. Yes, he does make the decisions at the end of the day and what he feels is best for this country. Um, I also want to compliment our governor, Andy Bashir, and how he has taken this on very early on in all the precautionary measures and that has really mitigated the issue. Um, so, you know, no, I can't imagine a time like this, but I'm very happy that serving underneath this administration and being a Kentuckian and serving with uh, Andy Bashir, with our well, governor. I want to ask you that, Ambassador. You are a Kentuckian. This is a very difficult time in the Commonwealth as it is in the other places. Businesses are idle. The, uh, many are, so many are trying to sign up for unemployment right now that uh, the system is overwhelmed. And we're going to have a difficult uh, way forward. Uh, what words of encouragement uh, might you have uh, for your fellow Kentuckians? You know, I, as I've told my children and my grandchildren, this is a time that, that 
with how busy we we all are with our children and our lives and people you know no longer sit down together for meals and have discussions embrace this moment embrace time to sit down with your family um, you know we want as you know to leave the world a better place and now as parents we are really going to leave our children and our grandchildren and our loved ones a, a better equipped place in order to handle because this is not the last pandemic that we will be facing. And I think the other the other thing for me is that I am not always one to pick up the phone and, and check on some of my relatives just because, you know, just like I said, we all get so busy. So just pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in some time or a shut-in that may be in your neighborhood. But I'm really trying to take this time and stress to to my children who have children, to my, my daughter who has a child, just sit down with your family. You know, it's important. Prepare a meal. That's something I think has, has um, is, is a silver lining in all of this. And I really stress, even for myself, to take time every day just to sit and have a conversation with my husband. So this has been this has been the silver lining, I think, for all families. In other words, this will uh, change us for the better in some ways uh, going forward? Absolutely. And I also think, uh, thanks to you and other other people in the media, it's been a time that you all have been very transparent. You haven't hyped up the news. You've been obviously honest, which sometimes has been quite frightening uh, because this is a very frightening time for everyone. But we have depended upon being inside our homes and being, you know, our social distances and, and quarantine. We've depended on the likes of people like you to be able to deliver to us what the necessary news are. So please continue what you're doing because in some areas, as you know, the social media is the only way for people to gather the news. And so this is their only lifeline. So I owe you a debt of gratitude for being able to come into people's living rooms, in their family rooms, via the radio, their their iPads. So thanks to you, you've been able to keep people connected also. I imagine we appreciate that, your generous comments. And thank you for your generosity with your time as well and what you're doing to try to help coordinate this worldwide response to what is a historic and, uh, and frightening time, frankly, for, for many people. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, we're Kentuckians and we will get through this, as you well know, and there is no better place to be as in the United States and to be an American citizen. And so we have all come together and, and thank goodness, right, that we have this strong leadership both in, in the United States and in our state and in our families. This has really caused everybody to step up. So thanks for having me and thank you again for all you're doing in order to deliver that connectivity into our homes. Thank you. Ambassador Kelly Nightcraft. Now, stay with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. We're coming back with Ashley Watts from the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. She'll talk about what business is facing right now as many are trying to plot their way back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers here on WKYT. The Kentucky Chamber of Commerce has been trying to assist and advise its businesses during this very unsettling time. How do they deal with workforce and safety and plot a way back when the pandemic is over? Ashley Watts, the CEO of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, she's joining us, video conferencing with us today from her kitchen, and we appreciate <laughs> that uh, very much. Ashley, thank you uh, for being here. Uh, what is the pulse of the Thank business? you for having me in these unusual circumstances. Right. What, what would you say is the pulse of the business community uh, mm -hmm. right now during this uh, major disruption? 
It, it really is a major disruption. As we all know, many businesses from across the state have really just had to shut their doors completely. Many have retooled to kind of adapt to this new environment. Um, but what we have been really amazed at is to see the strength of the business community come together, um, see how we're going to get out of this, see how we can you know, work with other manufacturers to make these PPEs, the masks, the gloves, et cetera. So even despite kind of the uncertainty and the turmoil that everyone is seeing, people really have come together to see how we can all help each other get out of this pandemic. Um, it's a scary time. You can just look at the unemployment numbers and see that. But I think by joining together, the business community here in Kentucky has just really been amazing in making sure that they're leading the way and making sure that we get out of this in the quickest and safest way possible. Yeah, and I know the chamber has assisted with that. You have uh, uh, helped this team come together and sort of help them coordinate. Tell us a little bit about uh, those efforts. So very early on during all of this, probably about three weeks ago, and I know it feels like much longer, um, the governor reached out to us and said, we really need help with collecting masks and other equipment that healthcare providers need. And we know that many businesses here in Kentucky have access to some of those. Um, and one example is that Toyota, for example, we sent out kind of an all call to businesses for, for the N95 mask, the mask that our healthcare providers really need. And within two or three hours, Toyota had driven 2,000 masks to the chamber building in Frankfurt to donate them. We've gotten businesses from all over Kentucky donating masks, gloves. Yesterday, the governor's office said we really need to get gloves. And so we contacted the Dental Association, Delta Dental, other companies to try to donate gloves. And so really, it has been an all-hands-on-deck approach to make sure that we can help the state get the supplies they need. Actually, we know this is a very difficult time for businesses and many business owners will have to uh, make some difficult decisions. Some already have. They've had to uh, let their workforces uh, be furloughed or uh, go to the unemployment. Uh, but as people begin to look beyond this, do you think uh, uh, most business owners right now are coming up with some strategy for a comeback? I think so, and business owners are usually entrepreneurs and are pretty resilient. And so what we're finding is just when you look at restaurants across the state and how they've been able to adapt to this new reality and still stay open for business. Um, we've also found that you know many businesses are actually picking up business. If you look at an Amazon or grocery stores, et cetera, pizza delivery. And so we've actually seen where many businesses have had to shut their doors temporarily, other businesses are hiring. And so we've partnered with the state on a who's hiring campaign to make sure that those that are looking for employment do know that there still are jobs out there um, if they choose to go down that path. And so we've partnered with the state to provide a list of all the businesses in Kentucky, employers in Kentucky that are hiring. But I do think they're being creative and resilient. And really, I think now that we're several weeks into this, it's probably start time that we kind of look at how we get out of this and how we get our economy back on track once all this is done. The federal legislation, frankly, is a great uh, way to make sure that happens. Many of our small businesses are taking advantage of those small business loans and making sure that they can keep their doors open, keep paying their people that are on staff. Um, the enhanced unemployment insurance benefit is a great resource for business who, you know, of no fault of their own, have to lay people off. Mm -hmm. There are supplies, luckily, through this federal piece of legislation 
that help them make their employees whole. So using that federal piece of legislation is what we're kind of telling businesses, make sure that you know about it, you're educated about it, because that's going to really be key to making sure that we have a strong recovery and can come out on the other side of this. What kind of feedback are you getting uh, from uh, employers who are having uh, many of their employees work from home? This was uh, uh, not, you know, this is by necessity, not by design. It was designed very quickly in many cases, but no doubt some have enjoyed the flexibility and in some cases uh, we're hearing that, uh, you know, productivity is uh, quite good in these circumstances. You are exactly right, and I can kind of use myself as an example. Um, we have about 40 staff at the chamber, and we've pretty much typically worked in the office. And I usually work in the office, and I have been amazed the last couple of weeks of the amount of work that we have been able to produce and kind of the timeliness of all of it um, when everyone's been working from home. And I always think that, thank goodness we're in this day and age living through this with technology. Um, we have Zoom meetings or kind of online meetings all the time. I can talk to you just like I am here from my kitchen. I think it's a balance for many employees of also now homeschooling their children from home. But I know just for me as an employer, and I'm hearing this across the state, it has made us really rethink working from home. And once we come out of this, kind of depending on what happens, I do think it's going to be a perk that many employers will look at um, for their employees. I mean, we've all become a real multitaskers here <laughs> in recent weeks, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, when you and I spoke uh, just yes. a, a few weeks ago, uh, the economy was uh, worrying right along. You know, things were, were, were looking very good in this country. And then this is very mm -hmm. sudden. Do you think the sudden nature of how we got here uh, will be uh, as sudden in, in coming out of it? Do you think we can get out of this situation relatively quickly once there is some kind of, uh, of all clear on COVID-19? That's a great question, and a lot of people have compared it to post 9-11 or after the recession, and unfortunately, this is just a completely different circumstance that we've never had to really tackle. And so looking at the unemployment numbers, looking at the businesses that have been shut down, and also, I mean, we have to real, I mean, you know, this is a health epidemic, and so looking at the number of deaths and the number of illnesses across the state and the country, I don't think we can just kind of flip a switch and get back on track. It's going to take... I think many phases, and many of that has come from the federal government with some of their assistance they've been able to provide for businesses and small businesses and the unemployed. Um, but I think it's yet to, to be seen on how we kind of get things back on track. The good news is, though, I think through all of this, we've all been fairly resilient as a business community. And before this, we were in a very strong economy. And so that's the good news is that when we happened into this, um, we were in such a strong economy that hopefully we can bounce back. And so I think it's just kind of left to be seen how quickly that happens. Um, I think it depends on how long all of this lasts as well. But I do think that it has helped us to come from a very strong economy. About a minute left, Ashley. L let me ask you this. Uh, what would you say to business owners right now about what they should be doing at this moment in terms of maybe contacting their financial institutions, making plans about going forward, and how can mm -hmm. the Kentucky Chamber assist them uh, in any of that? 
Absolutely. And the number one thing I would tell to any business or employer in Kentucky is to be educated. Make sure you know what resources are out there. We have all the resources that really you would need on our website, kychamber.com. Um, we have information about small business loans, on unemployment insurance, on all of that. And right now there are tools that can help businesses through all this. You just need to make sure that you're educated on them and know how to use them. And we will be here to help anyone in Kentucky that needs that help. Um, and our website, kychamber.com, has all of those resources. All right. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it uh, very much. And uh, uh, we'll uh, continue to check in on you. And we hope you stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. The HUD Secretary, Ben Carson, will talk about a Lexington connection when we come back. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. The COVID-19 pandemic has some people concerned about housing right now, but a program here in Lexington is receiving some national attention. It's the Housing and Urban Development's Neighbors Helping Neighbors campaign. It's going on at the Hope Center in Lexington. It was designated as an Envision Center because of the way it helps people who are also assisted by HUD. Joining us to talk about that program is HUD Secretary, former brain surgeon, former presidential candidate Ben Carson. Dr. Carson and thank you very much uh, for being with us. We appreciate it very much. My pleasure. What is Neighbors Helping Neighbors doing for people uh, here in Kentucky? Uh, well, not only in Kentucky, but across the nation, uh, what we're doing is highlighting uh, what people are doing for each other uh, to remind us, you know, to focus on the good in our communities and to show gratitude to our neighbors who, who are doing everything they can to, to make a difference. And, uh, you know, here in, uh, in Lexington, of course, the, the Hope and Vision Center uh, is running one of the, the largest emergency homeless shelters in the state of Kentucky and tending to the needs of those who frequently are forgotten, particularly at a time like this when so many people are concerned about their own well-being. They say, well, I don't have time to deal with them. I, I may lose my own home. But, you know, we want to really kind of look at things from everybody's perspective, recognizing that, you know, homeowners are concerned about being able to pay their mortgage. Renters are concerned about possible uh, eviction. The banks and the servicers are concerned about being able to make the P&I payments that they owe. So, you know, it really goes right down the line. And that's why you really have to have more comprehensive uh, program, but it starts right with each one of us caring about our neighbors. Mr. Secretary, you know, uh, we've had a very hot real estate market uh, here in the, this uh, part of the country uh, going into this, as uh, did uh, most, much of the nation. Uh, we were making progress on the homeless issue in Lexington, uh, and now this. And as people yeah. today uh, search for some hope, uh, what what can you tell us? Uh, what will uh, HUD and the other efforts of the federal government to do to to try to help people get uh, back on track? Well, first of all, people need to recognize that this is temporary. This too will pass. We know it's going to pass. And uh, you know, just look at all the progress that's been made uh, in terms of the research about this particular uh, pathogen. And, you know, utilizing convalescent uh, plasma therapy is showing great promise. Uh, utilizing the hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin combination. Uh, and 
if we really start using these kinds of things and some of the other things that will be discovered, I think we will accelerate it. And people are, are learning themselves a kind of hygiene that will help slow down the spread as well. But the government, of course, and, and HUD in particular, has, uh, you know, asked for forbearance, asked all their services, asked the public housing authorities. You know, anybody who is receiving support from the government, uh, you know, be compassionate and uh, look for flexibilities rather than thinking about evicting people or foreclosing on people. In fact, we forbid that to happen, uh, at least for a 60-day period, and it will be extended as necessary. Having said that, I would emphasize that, that people who are not adversely impacted, who still have a job, uh, please don't you know, try to take advantage of that situation. Just go ahead and pay your mortgage and pay your rent because, you know, that lightens the burdens on all of your fellow taxpayers and all your fellow Americans. So those of us who can do that absolutely should. But, you know, we have uh, provided all kinds of guidance, uh, particularly to the uh, continual care programs that are concerned with the homeless in terms of what to do proactively mm -hmm. because you don't want to be in a panic because somebody in the homeless community contracts the disease. You want to have a plan in place ahead of time with the local health authorities and with the state uh, health department. And uh, so, you know, that was done weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, the federal government has now uh, uh, pr provided a tremendous amount of financial support uh, HUD is getting an additional $12 billion, $3 billion of which we are dispersing almost immediately based on the formula grants that we have with CDBG all over the country and emergency uh, solutions grants. So that money is getting out very quickly. All right. Mr. Secretary, uh, obviously a time uh, where we need calm and compassion and cooperation. We appreciate you uh, checking in with us uh, here in Kentucky. And, uh, and as you said, we'll, we'll get through this, and it is temporary. We appreciate you Absolutely. Much. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. You as well. And that is Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you for joining us. We hope you join us bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning and updates always on WKYT.com. Make it a good week ahead.